Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Are Marvel, the podcast where we talk all things Marvel Cinematic Universe. I am one of your hosts. My name is Justin. My name is Jeremy. Welcome to our very first episode. Yeah, we really want to say thank you for uh, joining us, giving us a try if this is your first episode. I know it's, it's ours. Ours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're excited to uh, to jump into this. This is um, not our first ever podcast together. If you didn't listen to the intro episode, uh, you can get a little bit of our history by listening there. But we, we have done a podcast together before, and we're excited to do another one, a little more focused podcast. Yeah. Last time it was, it was a little scattershot, and we did, you know, we talked Doctor Who and Star Wars and all the other cool stuff, but, yeah, you know, our, our main love, I think the thing that brought us together as podcasters anyway, because we've been friends long before the MCU existed, yes, believe it or not, uh, <laughs> <laughs> was Marvel. You know, the MCU or Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe is, you know, we'll be referring to it as the MCU in case you didn't know. Uh, yes. You know, that it's the thing that brought us together and made us really want to start podcasting in the first place. So now it's really nice to actually just be able to talk this all the time. Yeah. And just, just focus on it and, and don't not have to worry about, you know, what what should we do that's not that's different than what we did last episode. With this it's it's let's talk more Marvel. Let's focus on more Marvel stuff and well, and I know for, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like every time, because we used to do news, and I don't know if we're going to do yes. that uh, in this show or not, but, you know, every time there was Marvel stuff, like, that was the thing I wanted to talk about the entire episode, but then we <laughs> yeah. had our topic, yeah. and we had to talk about that instead. So, yeah. now we get to do this yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, I meant to bring this up in our intro episode, but essentially what we're going to be doing here, we're going to break down the movies one by one. But we're going to space it out so we don't blow through them all in a year and change and yeah. have, you know, different random topics. I don't know if you have the list of our season breakdown. Oh, but, no, I was uh, not prepared for that. That's okay. I got, got it right here. I mean, we're going to talk about, you know, our favorite casting, uh, pitches for sequels that never happened. Yeah. Um, let's see. We're going to talk about, like, if the heroes went bad, what might happen then. Um, yeah. We're gonna, you know, rank and overview the the different phases. I've got the uh, first two phases, uh, the box sets that they came out mm-hmm. with, and so event when we end each phase, uh, the hope is we're gonna crack into those and kind of delve into the goodies that were in there. Yeah. So we got a lot of stuff planned. We planned out like a year of episodes already. Yeah. So so oh. this first episode is focused on Iron Man, but um. We're like Justin said, we're going to try and spread it out so it's not, you know, every episode is is a movie. It's it's a different topic, but it is still going to be Marvel Cinematic Universe focused. Right. So, yeah, if you, if you're into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this is the place to be. We're going to be talking all about it because we're both fairly learned. I've watched the movies like on a weekly basis. I just can't help myself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> and. As of recording this, we're literally hours away from the debut of the first entry into Phase 4, the yes. first two episodes of WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. That's right. They come out uh, tomorrow, so, yeah. so you know what time, when we recorded this. Heck yeah. It's going to go down in the history books. As two weeks <laughs> ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but 
So we got a lot to cover here, so let's stop prattling on and delve into 2008's Iron Man. Uh, after being held captive in an Afghan cave, billionaire engineer Tony Stark creates a unique weaponized suit of armor to fight evil. Boom. Boom. Yeah, I, I, uh, I ended up rewatching this yesterday. I wanted to have it nice and fresh in my mind. Yeah, me too. And and now I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy he was captured with... Um, Jensen? Yes, Jensen. That's right. Um, I was thinking, you know, if it wasn't for him and, and kind of say, obviously saving his life, if it wasn't for him saving his life, he wouldn't, we wouldn't have this mm. and I and Tony and anything. But I think if it wasn't for him, kind of the way he saved his life was with the, the, the big I, magnet. I was an arc reactor at the time, but yeah, the big magnet in his chest and that kind of clicking for Tony on how to upgrade it. And then, you know, and so on. And, and it keep clicking and building from there. Like, if it wasn't for Jensen, you know, there'd be no Tony. There'd be no Iron Man. Mm-hmm. There'd be no Avengers. There'd be no Avengers. You're right. Or, I, I just or the things kinda... of Avengers would have turned out very differently because Iron Man wouldn't have been there. True. You're right. Because, yeah. Cause, as we'll get know. into later. And I'm sure everyone knows, but as we'll get into later. Thor and Loki uh, still have their tiff. Yeah. <laughs> Whether Iron Man's there or not. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this, I, I thought that was cool that Jensen was a big part of that. Yeah. Uh, this was directed by John Favreau, screenplay by Mark Fergus, Hawk Ostby, Art Markham, and Matt Halloway. Stars Robert Downey Jr., Terrence Howard, Jeff Bridges, Gwyneth Paltrow, John Favreau, Clark Gregg, and very briefly Paul Bettany. Yes. Now I have I have a question for you, and I'm not sure if you know the answer, but yes. when. Paul Bettany was doing this voice as Jarvis. Mm-hmm. Did was he planned to to be more than that in the I don't cinematic think universe? So the everything that I've seen in like interviews with Joss Whedon is when he was mm-hmm. talking about the first Avengers movie and his excitement for it. He was like, you know, if you ever do a sequel, you should do Ultron, and then right. you can do Vision. And you can have Ultron put Jarvis into Vision because Paul Bettany is the best person to play Vision. He said it okay. a little differently, <laughs> but that's more or less right. what he said. Okay. I think that's kind of the answer then, yeah. So yeah. It, it, it wasn't planned that far in advance for him to be Vision. No, I mean, not by Iron Man 1, but I would say yeah. by the time we got into Avengers territory and Joss yeah. Whedon entering the picture, which was around... Thor or Thor and Captain America one. Okay. It was, you know, at least an inkling in the back of everyone's mind. Yeah. Cool. Uh, this released April 14th, 2008. Sorry. Wow. Uh, in Sydney <laughs> and May 2nd, 2008 in the U S the budget was 140 million and the box office was 585.3 million. Nice. Which so is, you know, still well. good numbers, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's, you know, the I don't know if I go into this later on in my notes, but the thing that people don't realize, because now Marvel and Marvel Studios is just a household name. It's Disney. Yeah. It's, you know, it's huge, like everything else Disney touches. But mm-hmm. when this started, Marvel Studios was an independent film company. Right. They took out loans to make the first Iron Man and The Incredible Hulk, and if either of the, or, you know, if those had failed, Marvel Studios would not be here now. Yeah. 
and <laughs> Disney wouldn't have gotten interested, invested, and brought it up to where it is now. Yeah. It's pretty crazy to think that uh, how how big this ended up being, like how important really it was, yeah. kind of with hindsight. Like This was huge. Yeah, and well, and when they were planning this, because everyone knows Hulk and very few people know Iron Man. Oh, yeah. At least back, you know, back in 2008, he was a BC lister that nobody except for, you know, comic book fans knew who he was. Right, yeah. Even Robert Downey Jr. at the time was a risk. You know, he's a huge star now, but back then he was still, you know, making his comeback from his fall from grace. Yeah. So. And and even if you were to, at the time, look up Iron Man and you just see the old kind of comic book pictures, I mean, it's like, that doesn't look like it's going to be a cool character. Well, yeah, I remember seeing the first time I saw the trailer for this, really, I wasn't too sure about it. Yeah. I was like, I I mean, I we watched all those comic book movies back in the day, but, you know, yeah. it was like, really, Iron Man? This is the <laughs> this is where we're at in the barrel that we're digging in? That we're doing <laughs> Iron Man? Okay. Right. And then I saw it, and then I literally saw this movie in theaters eight times. Yeah, yeah. Like, did we go together? I or did we just? I went eight times, so I saw it with a lot. I know. Of I yeah. I I <laughs> I I remember us, of course, talking about it, mm-hmm. but I don't know if we actually ended up going together or not. I don't know. We'll just say we did. It sure. sounds better in the show. <laughs> yeah, of course. We went to every single one together, and <laughs> yeah. we still do, and always will. Yes, perfect. <laughs> uh, let's get into some history here. Yeah. In April 1990, Universal Studios bought the rights to develop Iron Man for the big screen with Stuart Gordon to direct a low-budget film based on the property. By February 96, 20th Century Fox had acquired the rights from Universal. Uh, in January 1997, good old Nicolas Cage, who's <laughs> rumored for every superhero that ever existed, <laughs> expressed interest in portraying the character while in September of 98, Tom Cruise expressed interest in producing as well as starring as Iron Man. And I remember reading an old Wizard magazine where the rumors yeah. were it was going to be Tom Cruise. Really? Yeah. That was that, I don't That was the news before everything happened. I don't see it uh, uh kind of being the same. You know, you know, but but that's how it is. It's you think Iron Man, you think uh Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. That's the only person I can see playing him. Mhm. So I, I don't. I mean, make, it could have worked, but I'm glad. Think, looking back now, exactly. Yeah. I don't think it would have been the same. Uh, Jeff Vintar and Iron Man co-creator Stanley co-wrote a story for Fox, which Vintar ad- adapted into a screenplay and included a new science fiction origin for the character and featured Modok as the villain. Character we yeah. still have not seen. Yes, they are rumors doing, that we may though. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, and they're. They're doing that animated series on Hulu with uh, Patton Oswalt. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, they wait, they wait. released a trailer, I think, at Comic Con. To look pretty funny. All right, I like Patton. Yeah. He's a good guy. Uh, that October, Quentin Tarantino was approached to write and direct the film. I, I'm a huge fan of Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Me too. But I don't see it working. No, like there was I, time I, where he was <laughs> talking about doing Luke Cage, which I could totally see. Okay. But Iron Man, not so much. (laughs) Uh, Fox sold the rights to New Line Cinema the following December, reasoning that although the Vintar Lee script was strong, the studio had too many Marvel superheroes in development, and, quote, we can't make them all. 
and they didn't. <laughs> yeah, well, Kevin Feige said, "Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make them all." I'll show you more. we can. We're not even <laughs> there yet. Uh, by <laughs> July 2000, the film was being written for New Line by Ted Elliott, Terry uh, Rossio, and Tim McCandless. McCandless's script used the idea of a Nick Fury cameo to set up his own film. In June 2001, New Line entered talks with Joss Whedon, a fan of the character, to direct, and in December 2002, uh, McCandless had turned in a completed script. New Line took a unique approach to writing the film's script, hiring David Hayter, David Goyer, who writes everything, Mark <laughs> Protozovich, uh, to sit in a room and simply talk on camera about Iron Man for a few days. After I mean, this, we're not getting paid to do it, and we're doing that. <laughs> I will <don't> <laughs> do this all day long. If you want to pay us, that'd be wonderful. Yeah. Sponsors, yeah, we'll hit us it. up. That's right. After this, Hayter was hired in 2004 to write a script. He re- reworked scripts that had been written by uh, Vintar and Alfred Goff and Miles Millar, which had included the villain The Mandarin and Pepper Potts as a love interest. Hayter removed the Mandarin and instead chose to pit Iron Man against his father, Howard Stark, who becomes War Machine. Dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to go with interesting idea, <laughs> but yeah, you're, you're, you're right. I just... I don't remember if Howard is dead in the comics, or I'm sure he is by now, but I don't remember if he was around in the original books or not. Okay. But, anyway. I would say if he was, it'd probably be in a smaller role of yeah. just, you know, just he's obviously his dad and, you know, maybe runs a business. Mm-hmm. But as an yeah. evil war machine? <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. Yeah. In December 2004, the studio attached uh, director Nick Cassavetes to the project for a Target 2006 release. However, this deal ultimately fell through, and Iron Man's film rights returned to Marvel. And it begins. (laughs) Yes, that was a close one. Well, that's the thing. I mean, a lot of these characters were owned by different companies, a lot of them by New Line and Universal, and over the years Mm -hmm. when they couldn't get things to come together. I mean, I remember... Again, going back to Wizard Magazine, they would do, like, fan casting, and they had, like, Matt Damon as Captain America. Okay. Which is, you know, <laughs> I, I love the way it turned out, so I, yeah. I can't really see it, but, I mean, it's all the different ways that this could have happened. Yeah. It's just insane. It, it is. It's, it's fascinating that, you know, a lot of these characters are just, you know, the actors that play them are the perfect one. Mm-hmm. And and thinking if you know someone brings up oh well so and so could have played them or it's like no I don't think they can because because <laughs> we now of... know them you know but it, I mean Matt Damon's a great actor I'm yeah. sure he would have done a fine job I mean he but... showed up in uh, Ragnarok yeah that's true <laughs> he did I forgot well I mean even going uh, back to as our, our next movie which will be in a couple weeks uh, Incredible Hulk Edward Norton as Hulk I mean he is great. But yeah. it's Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, I mean, it is. It, it's just yeah. the way it is. Yeah, I'm sorry. No offense. Tough <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, in November 2005, Marvel Studios worked to start development from scratch and announced Iron Man as their first independent feature because the character was their only major one not already depicted in live action. Uh, according to associate producer Jeremy Latcham, Quote, we went after about 30 writers and they all passed. 
saying they were uninterested in the project due to both the relative obscurity of the character and the fact that it was solely a Marvel production. I mean, it's that's fair. You know, yeah. it, it, they are not wrong. No. It, it is an obscure character at the time. And yeah, it's it's like you like you mentioned, I think at the beginning of this episode that they were an, they're an independent company. Like mm-hmm. they have nothing going for them. Why would a writer that's trying to go somewhere yeah. want to work with them? So I mean, I understand it, but it's just funny looking at it now. It's like how many of you are just kicking yourselves, <laughs> banging down the doors, like you gave me a chance once. Can I come back? Yeah, right. <laughs> I am curious how many they might have reached back out to and and said, you know. You want to write now? Like, yes, please. <laughs> you can put me in a pit with a bunch of other writers. We'll hammer stuff out. It's good. Just get my <laughs> yeah. name on there, please. Right. Yeah. Uh, John Favreau was hired to direct the film in April of 2006, citing inspiration from Tom Clancy, James Bond, RoboCop, and compared his approach to an independent film. Favreau wanted to make Iron Man a story of an adult man literally reinventing himself after discovering the world is far more complex than he originally believed. That is the feel I get from it. It's it's sure. definitely a, you know, he, he reinvents himself after, I wouldn't say after discovering the world is more complex than me, but maybe well, I mean, what the fact he thinks that... his company is doing. Yeah, I mean, that, I guess that would be the believes. more complex is that, mm-hmm. you know, he thought we sold, we made weapons, we sold them to the, you know, the U.S. government, and they used them to fight terrorism. Turns right. out we saw them to the terrorists, too. Yeah. Well, and even John right. Favreau, I mean, at this point he had made, like, Elf and Zathura, which was a big, you know, deuce and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Elf is great, and you know, is a, a yes. modern classic now. And you know, of course, he's gone on to Mandalorian, Jungle Book, and you know, yeah. he, he's a Disney man now. But yeah, yeah it's just this is insane. Uh, he yeah, changed the Vietnam origin uh, of the character to Afghanistan as he did not want to do a period piece. Art Markram and Matt Holloway were hired to write the script, while Mark Fergus and Hawk Osby. Uh, wrote another version with Favreau compiling both teams' scripts and John August then polishing the combined version. (laughs) Comic book staff, uh, Mark Millar, Brian Michael Bendis, Joe Casada, Tom uh, Brevert, I don't know that one, Axel Alonso, and Ralph Macchio were also called upon by Favreau to give advice on the script. Now, is this the same Ralph Macchio? That's Ralph Macchio? I don't know. I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he ever did comics. I don't think so. Yeah, okay. This but must be a coincidence that would kind be of funny. thing. <laughs> that would, yeah. <laughs> Have him do more karate. I think there's just not enough karate <laughs> yeah. in Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they go around table and good ideas, good ideas, good ideas. <laughs> Get to Ralph. Now, is there any way we can put in some karate? <laughs> <laughs> Get a high kick in there. A real nice, good high kick. I think that would really help sell this. <laughs> Well, and this team helped guide the MCU for several years to the point where they were almost becoming a hindrance and Kevin Feige booted them all out because they yeah. were, you know, screwing up the works and trying to do too many things different than, you know, the master planner, Kevin Feige. Right. I, I, I Obviously, it's worked out for the best, it seems like. I mean, mm-hmm. it's tough to say, oh, well, you could have done better. 
I mean, they've could they? <laughs> I don't think so. You could have added another <laughs> half billion to that two and a half billion. Just saying. Right, yeah. <laughs> Favreau uh, faced opposition from Marvel in casting Downey, but would not take no for an answer, saying, quote, it was my job as a director to show that it was the best choice creatively. Everybody knew he was talented, and certainly by studying the Iron Man role and developing the script, I realized that the characters seemed to line up with Robert in all the good and bad ways. Yeah. He, I, he is Iron Man. Even before yes. he was Iron Man, he was Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he he went so low and and just kind of in the pit, and and he then rose back up. I mean, he mm-hmm. he noticed that uh, his, his life wasn't going where it should be, and he turned it around. Yeah. And, and, and it's because of this I mean, this look at role. him now. Yeah. Yeah, now he's Sherlock I, and Dr. Doolittle, even though I'm sure he wants to forget that. <laughs> yeah. But I love his Sherlock. Yeah, I, he's that's great. Yeah, I, I would very much enjoy another one. Yeah. They they're saying they're going to. It's just a matter of when. I think they've been saying that for years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you're right; it could happen. <laughs> it it better. Production <laughs> yeah. was based on the former Hughes Company soundstage in Playa Vista, Los Angeles, California. The filmmakers acknowledged the coincidence that they would film Iron Man creating the flying Mark III, where the Hughes H four Hercules was built. And, you know, I mean, he's such a, I've lost his frickin' name. The the character of Tony Stark is so much like Howard Hughes. I mean, it's essentially who he's based off of. Okay. So. I, I, it makes sense. Yeah. Like saying that, it it makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of super extravagant flyboy, I guess, Mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah. Filming began on March 12, 2007, and concluded June 25, 2007 at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, Nevada. So basically, they shot the beginning uh, at the end. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which often which is, happens. It's so, yeah. It, which is so weird when you kind of, when you start to actually think about how they shoot movies. Mm-hmm. It's like, this scene right here could have been shot whenever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And, and yeah, there's different reasons for doing it. But it's just it's it's fascinating kind of seeing that behind the scenes almost stuff where you know they they might have a different it might look like they have a different chemistry because they filmed that later on yeah but it's at the beginning of the movie and <laughs> yeah it's it's, it's fascinating. Up to a lot of different people to make sure it seems seamless yes yeah and it works yeah the Nick Fury cameo was filmed with a skeleton crew in order to keep it a secret but rumors appeared on the internet only days later. Uh, Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige subsequently had the scene removed from all preview prints in order to maintain the surprise and keep fans guessing. An alternate version of the Nick Fury post-credit scene was filmed, in which he specifically said, quote, as if gamma accidents, radioactive bugs, and assorted mutants weren't enough. (laughs) Referencing Hulk, Spider-Man, and the X-Men. But this was cut due to legal problems with Sony and Fox, who at the time, had full ownership of the characters until the reacquisition much later in, like, three years ago. Yeah. Another thing where it's funny, it's like, well, I mean, do we still have that? Can we throw it in now? Because now it works. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't see them, I don't see Sony suing over that now. I mean, I there mean, is a radioactive bug pretty much in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Not solely, but yeah. yeah but good enough. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's crazy to think of how things have changed. 
I know. Yeah. And now looking back the, at this and I can't wait for us to do an episode on all the things that could happen soon because even just the stuff they've announced is just every time I think I've seen all that they can show me, <laughs> they show me something else is like, I had no idea you'd do that. And I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for this. This, well, this will hold me over. <laughs> well, when I, when they did the investor day meeting back in December, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, yeah, I'm excited for it, of course. Anything Marvel, sure, great. But I was like, what are they going to... They just had announced, like, five different shows for Disney Plus and, you know, all the different things. Like, what are they going to give me that I don't already (laughs) know that's coming that I care about, especially with the COVID of it all? And then they drop Armor Wars and Ironheart and Fantastic Four done by John Watts. And it's just like, you crafty sons of bitches. <laughs> I'm so yeah, excited for John Watts's Fantastic Four, I can barely contain myself. Okay. Like, this is I my... Like I don't know if you can see on my thing, but this is my background right now. Nice, yeah. Which is a retro Fantastic Four done by John Cho. Nice. I like that. Yeah, yeah you're always changing those backgrounds. I, I, I like that you do that. I keep it topical. My lock screen <laughs> is a John Cho Green Lantern. Of course. <laughs> but that's not relevant here. No. Watch your mouth. I'll bleep that out. Don't worry, everyone. Cha-cha. <laughs> <laughs> Beep. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it for the production. Lots of interesting okay. stuff in there. Let's, yeah. before, without any further ado, get into this awesome movie. Yes. Let's do it. I thought you were going to say something. Even with us no, I'm, looking at each other, <laughs> we're still going to have awkward pauses. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll do my best to eliminate them in post. But yeah. oh, hey. one so far isn't too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, yeah, like as we mentioned before, after a two-year hiatus, that's not bad at all. Yeah. Now the remainder of the episode is just going to be us. Oh, uh, I thought you were going to oh, talk. Sorry, oh. I thought you were saying something. Oh, oh sorry. I was going <laughs> to say something. I've been, I didn't say anything. We jinxed ourselves. I remember. Yes, like said, let's, let's jump into it. The first time seeing this, the first of eight times, of course, just <laughs> seeing the Marvel Studios logo for the first time and getting excited. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, we saw the Marvel with the flip cover, you know, comic things going, is pretty much yeah. what a lot of the Marvel movies had done mm-hmm. before then. We'd seen the Marvel logo in the X Men and Fantastic Four and. All those god-awful other movies. <laughs> They're not all bad, but a lot of them are. They're not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. just <laughs> just seeing the word Marvel and then the appearance of studios, like, just sent a shiver down my spine the first time I saw it. That's cool. I, I mean, it didn't, I unfortunately, didn't do the same for me. I didn't know, I didn't realize the, such the significance of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I understand it. And even and now it's like oh well yeah that's it's Marvel Studios of yeah. like it's Apple always Pie and baseball like come on <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I could see as 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 big of a of a comic fan as as you've always been I could see that being just a huge kind of moment for you well yeah that's I mean cool. it's it's the the opportunities and I think that's the thing that still keeps me excited twelve thirteen years later mm-hmm. you know. They've done 23 movies now, a handful of different shows. Some have been good. Some have been Inhumans. (laughs) Uh, I got 
an episode into that and I quit. <laughs> I I'm not looking forward to us even... having to watch that. <laughs> yeah, when you couldn't even get through uh, through more than that, I didn't even try. Yeah. Like if Justin can't find <laughs> the good in that somewhere, what am I going to find? <laughs> God, it was rough. <laughs> maybe me maybe being so naive about it, it would be helpful. But I don't know. I don't I I think it's just looks terrible yeah and it was <laughs> but it's on disney plus for when we have to watch it but the I, they've done all of these movies all of these shows and they barely scratched the surface of how many different characters and stories they can cover right and now that they have fox and they have the x-men and the fantastic four just the limitless possibilities they have access to now yeah it's i mean we're getting armor wars and ironheart and Moon Knight with Oscar Isaac and like all this it, crazy shit going on. It's insane. It, it, I mean, it, it makes you kind of wonder, like, how can they do everything? Like, there is so much they can do. How can mm. they do it all? Yeah. Like, and I've I've I, heard rumblings. I mean, they have it planned out to like twenty twenty nine at least, and that's just as of now. That's so crazy. Yeah. Like we have to make it that long. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, will be long dead by the time the MCU is over. Yeah, <laughs> but I love getting back into the movie. Mm-hmm. So the original plan was to start in Vegas, and you know okay. the the scenes after he's held captive. That's where the movie was originally supposed to start, and it was Favreau's okay. idea to show the convoy getting attacked and him being tortured and put on camera before them. Yeah, and okay. I think it is the best decision Marvel may have ever made. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it gets you, like, it it just, you're there Mm -hmm. so quick. Like, you're already in the action. There's not an intro, like, here's everyone. Look at this person. Look at this. It's just, you're right into it. And it's so exciting from the get-go. He just, Tony's got that charisma about him. Mm -hmm. When he's such an asshole... All yeah. of the time. <laughs> like everything leading up from Vegas to when he goes over there, he's such a jerk. And he's, you know, smoozing Christine Everhart and, you know, mm-hmm. Pepper, you know, boots her ass out as soon as he, she wakes up and yeah. all this stuff. He's just such a jerk that I, Favreau, I, if I remember right, was kind of afraid that people would disconnect with him by the time he was attacked. Right and would stop caring. They'd almost, they'd almost think it, good, good. Yeah, he deserves it. Right. Whereas in this case, you know what's coming, and yeah. you have that kind of almost dread of like, oh, this guy, you know, he's living the high life, and he's about to get his world rocked yeah. by a freaking missile to the chest, like <laughs> his own. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with his yeah. name on it, literally. <laughs> yes, literally. <laughs> this one has his name on it. <laughs> it's such a great scene I uh, we're gonna try our best not to go shot for shot scene for scene in these movies because otherwise we'd be here for hours and it yes. defeats the purpose of you know doing this because for me it's like I want to rouse people's excitement for these movies to get them to go watch them yeah and absolutely a mistake that you know I've made in the past on other shows is talking so much about each individual scene there's really not much point. So we're going to yeah. skip around quite a bit and only cover specific things. 
And <laughs> Jeremy, if you have something that you want to chime in, feel free to, you know, cut me off and whatever. Okay. But the next thing I have is him escaping the cave. Yeah. And the process of that. Yeah, like like I, I mentioned early on that, you know, with him working, Jensen is pretty much the reason we have Tony still yeah. around. You know, he's he's a great surgeon. Do we ever find out why he's captured or where he's captured or anything like that? Um, I would assume it was he lived in the area and the, right. the, the terrorists, you know, kind of absconded his, uh, his town like they did when... Tony showed up with the Mark III and that other mm-hmm. you know, group of people. Yeah. That yeah, and they they probably he probably they probably either knew he was uh, some sort of sm- smart man, scientist, mm-hmm. doctor, surgeon kind of thing. Yeah. And probably I yeah, probably kept him around for that reason. Yeah. And yeah, they they once they got Tony and they needed a surgeon, there he's right there. So that's probably what happened there. Yeah. So we're kind of answering my question as we go. I like that. <laughs> Very good. I'm glad you can help yourself out. It really makes my yeah. job easier. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I think you helped a little bit. You, you kind of got the ball rolling. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and I, I, I'm glad he didn't agree right away. Also, mm-hmm. you know, he Tony was no, I'm not going to do it. And so they had to convince him to do it. But and but then even after him. that, yeah, <laughs> even after that, he was he still didn't he he figured out a quick way to do it because he's so smart. Mm-hmm. And they kind of touch on that during the movie, but how brilliant he is, but. I like that the way that they made it look like he was working on what they wanted, but he's really just getting his his finding his way out. Yeah. And that's like there's never a point in time I didn't really think about it till now, but there's never a point in time where he's actually legitimately working on the missile. No. Like at no. all. The first thing he does is fix the the thing in his chest so he's not attached to yeah. a car battery the whole time. Yeah. And yeah. he, you know, Which develops I, the arc reactor and that that reminds me. I, I wanted to back it up while, while I was watching it, but was the battery a diehard battery? I don't know. I, I think so. it was. And yeah, <laughs> it's just it's that's fitting. It's like, yeah. He's it, it's yeah, die hard. You know, hard to die. <laughs> yeah. So obviously. Well well done. I'm sure it was. You know, if, if not if let's you're gonna just pick say a battery. Yeah. Yeah, don't go back and look. <laughs> and if you do, don't tell us. Yeah. We're, we've made our minds up. <laughs> yes, it is a diehard battery because he died yeah. hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's the title um, character. He died hard. <laughs> That's how I met your mother, Joe. <laughs> but, like, I, uh, going back to when I first saw the trailer, I remember seeing the Mark yeah. One in the footage and going, this looks so corny and dumb. Right. Like, I, I knew a little bit about Iron Man and the evolution of the suits, but I wasn't, you know, nearly as familiar as I am now. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, I remember seeing that and going, God, that looks so clunky and dumb. And what are right. they doing making this movie? <laughs> this is <laughs> Spider-Man. What are they thinking? <laughs> and watching it last night, I was like, this is the coolest scene of the movie. One of the coolest <laughs> scenes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why the? Why the change? What? What is? What changed? I think because it's still big and clunky. Yeah, but I think seeing it in action, seeing it in context, mm-hmm. being immediately submerged into this world, and just I bought into it immediately. I again okay, that yeah. opening scene with him getting attacked just 
immediately sold me. And when the Iron Man, you know, I'm not going to be able to do the clanking noise with my mouth. But when <laughs> that hit, I was just like, okay, you win. Like, I, I get it. <laughs> right. I was wrong. I admit it. Let's move forward. And by that time, I was like, he is just kicking ass. And it's such a cool scene. I was thinking about it last night. Like, it's it's almost horror-esque to tie it into Pot and Gore. When mm-hmm. before they first reveal the suit, yeah, you know, it's dark and he's attacking the guys, but you don't see him and they're flying across the room and dying. And then you get that reveal and it's almost like a Frankenstein's monster kind of reveal of this monster suit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because because they don't show him right away. Yeah, they they Mm-mm. he hits one guy and then another. And, and yeah, it's kind of slowly revealed. Mm hmm. And then you get that, and you get the cool <laughs> wrap around. I'm gonna do a lot of sound effects, I think, in this this show. I, it brought me, it brought me back to it. I, I felt like I was watching the movie again, I was looking around. Iron Man, turn that down. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just awesome. I mean, and it provides enough protection for him to get out. They're shooting at him. One guy even gets lucky enough to shoot one of the levered things on his knee, and it drops him. Yeah, I, I, I'm not positive. I'm, I'm actually trying to look it up right now. But isn't the mask kind of a, a kind of a throwback to the original comic kind of look? Oh yeah. Or am I definitely okay? The the original comic look is a lot more sleek. I mean, they didn't do right. that detail the artwork back in the '60s. Right. But yeah. you know the full silver sleek very toned down i mean even and that's the suit he's wearing in the first issue of avengers i think by then it's painted gold but that's the suit that he's wearing even by the time we get in the comics to avengers right so so i i I like that little little nod too mm -hmm. very cool but yeah you're right it was just big and clunky and just kind of pieced together and well and that's it's one of the cool things about a lot of these Marvel movies is seeing the evolution of the suits. Like when we do Cap, mm-hmm. I can't wait to do Cap. If you've never listened to me talk for more than 10 <laughs> seconds, I'll tell you right now, my favorite character is Captain America. I've got a tattoo. Yeah. Maybe I'll show you guys someday. It's on my arm. Don't worry. No, yeah, nothing I gross. <laughs> I was say, just the, the way you worded that whole sentence. I know. It, That's why I threw that in there. I heard it did, as I, I said gonna... it. <laughs> right. It was Perfect. wrong. But yeah, I'm... Captain America is my boy. Like I, I love his movies. Yeah. I love Chris Evans. It's all good times. I'm gonna gush so much <laughs> when I cover that movie. I just can't <laughs> even handle it right now. I'm ready for it. We'll get there though. But yeah. Iron Man for now. Yeah. But uh, one thing I, I did want to say was I, it, it's it, another cool thing. And even this kind of goes back to what John Favreau said was, um, he's kind of rebuilding himself, which it's that's what he did with the suit. He took his old. Um, weapons and and rockets and all that kind of stuff and like a like a phoenix kind of rebuilt from those ashes mm-hmm. this iron man and and wait for him to get out so that he can then go home and change yeah. the way he's been and the way his company's been yeah i mean so even that's, the that's arc kind of reactor cool. that he makes for himself the the, the um palladium is <laughs> from the warheads you know they yeah. dismantled the warheads to get the palladium out of them 
so that he could create the arc reactor to keep himself alive. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, I like it. It's mm-hmm. just such a well done movie for it being the first one. That well, that's the thing. I I think at other times during this show, future episodes, I'm sure mm-hmm. I will find ways to rag on other companies who have tried to do this mm-hmm. and have not done it yet. Even yes. after 13 years of perfect example, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, and not just the one. There are several who have tried to make an expanded universe and cannot figure out how to do it. Yeah. And this actually leads really well into our next topic. But the groundwork is just so perfectly laid there. And things are just set in motion to interweave everything. And mm-hmm. my favorite thing that they did was using Agent Coulson and S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. Yeah. Because it gave every character a reason to eventually know each other and meet. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's that perfect through line of Coulson's and uh, Iron Man. Then you see name drops of Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. in Hulk. Obviously, Mm -hmm. Coulson and Fury show up in Iron Man 2. Coulson's back in Thor. And then at the end Mm -hmm. of Cap 1, you get that Fury tie-in. And S.H.I.E.L.D. is the one that found him in the first place. Yeah. And they form the Avengers. You're right. That is... Yeah, instead instead of trying to put them all together and then having to come up with a reason for them to come together. Yeah. It's it's already built in. Mm -hmm. You're right. And then even when they fall in Winter Soldier them kind of cleaning up that mess because it's kind of their duty and brings them back together mm. for Age of Ultron. Yeah. And it's not like Marvel Studios came up with this. This is a storyline from a comic called The Ultimates. Okay. Which if you've never read it, you really should. It's super cool. And a lot of the MCU is ripped from The Ultimates, mm. especially mm. the first volume. But it it just, it works. It's that perfect yeah. little subtle thing that helps tie all of these characters together in some way. And I mean, the Thor one is a little shoehorned in, I guess. Right. But it still works. Yeah. And and I was even thinking, I think it was earlier today where, you know, everyone's kind of got their, all the Avengers have their own movie kind of a thing. Um, and I was thinking, well, you know, not Hawkeye, but and I was like, and I was trying to think how they bring him in, but they brought him in in Thor. Mm hmm. And it, it, it wasn't, it didn't feel forced in or anything like that. Nothing that they, no characters that they bring in ever feel forced in. Yeah. Like, this person just showed up out of nowhere. Like, what, they see an, an advertisement for superheroes wanted and showed up? The only one just, that I I in. still kind of go, eh, eh, was Spider-Man. Fair. And yeah. A lot of that has to do with the fact that we didn't they didn't know if they were actually gonna get him or not. Like there were I think there were two versions of the movie, one where he okay. was in it and one where he wasn't, because they weren't yeah. sure they were gonna reach a deal with Sony. Right. But that, that makes sense. If if was gonna say, if they had him for longer, they probably would have just been able to weave him in some way. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean it's Spider Man. He's like yeah. him and Wolverine are the two most profitable characters marvel owns is it really wolverine's the next one mm-hmm. i mean iron man's probably up there now but especially back right, in the day right. that's yeah nice 
Yeah, but everyone else, I mean, it's they find ways, even in going into uh, WandaVision, mm-hmm. which comes out mere hours from now, um, Monica Rambeau's going to be in it. Spoilers. Oh. If you don't know that, I don't know how you don't know that, but... I didn't know that because whenever a trailer or anything comes up, I just I keep scrolling. And mm. I'm gonna watch it. All right. <laughs> you, you, okay. You spoilers for Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. I, I don't. I don't feel like that's gonna be a huge spoiler. But I mean, okay. I mean, you know who's in Hawkeye, right? Hmm. You know, bringing in Kate Bishop. They they're going to yeah. find a way to just seamlessly say this person is in this universe now. Right. Yeah. And then they'll be in their own movies and I if we don't get an announcement of a young Avengers movie in the next five years I'll be shocked okay I'm gonna write that down I would say I I would even bargain the way they're pumping out stuff I would say within the next two years we'll get an announcement that we'll get a young Avengers something okay I hope we do I mean I I, that would be very cool and it not like it's not like you know they're struggling to get a younger generation into these movies but that would just be so much more powerful yeah well i mean it's just the logical next step and it's the way to keep it going and i mean they're doing Ironheart, they're doing ms marvel kate bishop monica rambo i mean they're already peppering in characters and there's even more rumors for what could be coming in wandavision that like i i would be amazed if it's not coming all right well, we'll keep you updated for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sam develop- developing the Mark 2 II and 3 is my next thing. <laughs> yes. I love seeing oh. him test out all of the different... I-, I couldn't come up with the right word then. I can't think of it now. But all the different functions. <laughs> like testing okay. out the boot to make sure it opened and closed correctly. Yeah. The the repulsors yeah. that sent him flying across the room. <laughs> yeah. The, I guess, hand cannons. I know they're more like stabilizers is what mm-hmm. his original uh, intention was, but that was pretty cool. And it's it's it was nice, you know, rewatching it and noticing how kind of slow the, the buildup is of it and how kind of slow he is with it mm-hmm. because he's just starting out. And it's cool now seeing, you know, how quick he is. And it's just so automatic because he's been doing it for so long. Yeah. Now he has and a nano cool. suit and it just taps a button yeah. and then it grows around yeah. him. Yeah, that was cool. To, it's that's fun to see that too. It's like, oh, it's gonna get so much better than that. Like <laughs> it, it's so, it's not clunky, but you know, versus nanotech, it's clunky. Yeah, well, but it still looks great. Oh yeah, the visuals of it are just amazing. I mean, I remember because 2007, the first Transformers movie came out. And love or hate that franchise, and I'm somewhere in the middle, that first movie, visually, is pretty spectacular. All the little parts and things that are moving to make Optimus go. And seeing that kind of thing used for Iron Man, and all the rivets and the things coming together, is just amazing. It is. It's so cool. And, And, yeah, just all the technology he's able to fit into such a sleeker smoother look is is very cool yeah and this is the only time i think in the production of these movies where he actually wears a full-on suit all the other movies he wears like the chest and helmet and it's motion capture yeah 
I think even by Iron Man 2, it was a lot of motion capture, and he just wore, you know, the bare essentials. Okay. And the 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 idea to kind of show his inside the helmet. Yeah, the it, head. I think that was yeah heads up display. It was just it's just that's such a good idea because mm-hmm. it's not just from outside and you see him and you hear his voice. Mm-hmm. It's you see him inside of the suit. And him talking and reacting and doing this and that. It's it it was a great idea to include that. Well yeah, it's it's one of those things that is always kind of troubling with characters, especially when they have a full face mask. Like even the old Spider Man movies, for me, there was like the Tobey Maguire era, mm-hmm. there was always this disconnect for me when he puts on the suit that it's like it doesn't feel like it's the same person. Right, yeah. Because you can't connect because you just have this blank slate and these sunglass eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, like you said, the HUD was just a brilliant way to show his reactions, his face is so expressive and how excited mm-hmm. he gets or how angry he gets or whatever. Yeah. It, yeah, and, yeah, it's you, perfect. And, and scared and everything. And, and you, you can then see, you know, how worried he is that he is in trouble. Uh-huh. And not just have to kind of uh, assume it and, and not see it in his face and I, yeah i just i think that was just such a great idea well it's one of the things that got me so excited when they did spider-man and his eyes moved oh yeah it's you something that expression it, yeah it's a subtle thing that they did in the comics that they've never done in the movies and you get that just little bit of expression in the eyes and it just sells you that much more that it's Peter Parker under that mask. It's Tony under yeah. that helmet. Right. Yeah. But the attack on Gomira is the coolest freaking scene <laughs> in Iron Man. <laughs> Maybe one of the it coolest is. scenes in the MCU. Really? Okay, I don't know if it's that big. It's so cool. It's very cool, but <laughs> there's a lot of cool scenes. Well, I know, there. but I mean, as far as... <laughs> like Again, at the time, we'd never seen anything like it before. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And... You know, we didn't know what all an Iron Man was or what all he could do. And that first five seconds after he lands and he sizes up everybody and targets them with his computer and sends out the individual <laughs> bullets to shoot them all. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's fucking very cool. cool. Yeah, just like it, it, like it's so simple for him and it's so smooth. Mm-hmm. Like like it, it's it's almost like it's it's Tony, you know, being smooth, but he's kind of the good guy now yeah he's he's not just out for himself but yeah it is it's it's very cool even the landing's really cool mm-hmm. it's and it is the superhero landing yeah i mean but it's he, still it was still cool yeah well i mean like he was the one who made it cool i mean yeah and, and popularized it to the point where everybody did it yeah. i mean spider-man and, and had kinda, one kind yeah. of but i think he's the only one who really ever did the superhero landing and, and kind of looking at it now, it's like, you don't need to land like that in your suit, no. <laughs> but it looks cool. Yeah. It looks much cooler than just plump on yeah. two feet. And even him getting shot out of the sky and and uh, getting back up and just shooting that little rocket and just the damage it does, it's like, mm-hmm. man, he is so powerful. Yeah. It's so cool. And it's something that I think is a little less impactful in the sequels is just how well-equipped that suit is. 
and just mm-hmm. how much it can take a beating. I mean, you kind of take it for granted now, all the things that he goes through. But like in yeah. that in that scene, he gets thumped, and that <laughs> suit. I mean, it has bullet holes by the end of it, but he's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's cool. And it almost looks it, video gamey, but it's sleek and cool. So it yes. also has that real. Uh, just I love that scene so much. <laughs> it's a great scene. Wow. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll jump in here, and, and the next note that we have here is uh, uh, Obadiah Stane in the Ironmonger fight. And you said here that there's a, a deleted scene of Obadiah saying goodbye before the fall? Yeah. That's cool. It's something I worth... I've, I've never known that. Yeah, it's something worth watching, and if you have the discs, watch it. Because... Okay. And I, it's my really only complaint about the Iron Man movies, and I think okay. there's one in Iron Man 2 as well, is that the villains die so unceremoniously and especially in uh the first iron man with jeff bridges the way they edit it it makes it look like the arc reactor explodes he's electrocuted Mm -hmm. and that kills him and makes him fall and cause the explosion but that's not what happened Mm -hmm. tell me more he he's shocked and collapses and has this, I, I haven't watched it in several years, so I'm not even going to try and quote it, but he has this sort of <laughs> last minute explanation of why he was doing what he was doing and his kind of thought process behind everything. Oh, okay. And then the thing that he was landed on after he collapsed gave way. Yeah. And that's, okay. so it's the fall and explosion that killed him. It wasn't the the initial explosion with all the electricity. I mean, that sounds cooler and better Why, it is better is there a, a <laughs> okay sorry. it is no it is i mean it, but, it gives you that last minute give a shit about his yeah. character otherwise it just feels so hollow and kind of like he went crazy for no reason do, do they explain for any reason why that scene was taken out was it a, a I think time it was thing just time. Was it? okay and they just i haven't i don't think i've listened to the commentary on it but it, i would imagine it was just time and they didn't feel okay. it necessary but i think it was it is definitely something yeah. that was missing. Yeah, it sounds sounds good. Like you're you're right. It it is nice when I know, and I know this is because you're a huge fan of villains. Mm-hmm. But it is nice when you hear the villain side of the thing, and 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 I know this was more of a a Tony, you know, kind of arc for him to be, become a good guy again. Yeah. So it doesn't matter why the bad guy was a bad guy, just as long as Tony's the good guy. Yeah, and but we were. It, definitely... it is nice to hear. We're definitely still in that era of superhero movies. I mean, we were a year past Spider-Man 3, you know, mm. uh, yeah. where it wasn't as deep and interesting as it is now. I mean, by this time, The Dark Knight technically hadn't come out yet. Okay. Because this was May of 2008, and Dark Knight was two months later in July. Okay. So, I mean, this is still kind of that old world philosophy of comic book movies where they're they're just fun and -hmm. thankfully and it's the thing that i think has made me love marvel studios so much is that they've learned from their mistakes yeah and you get scenes like the ending of black panther with uh, killmonger looking at the sunset in wakanda which is amazing you you get that scene with zemo and black panther at the end of civil war which is amazing (laughs) yeah 
And I mean, even they've learned with Loki, you know, they immediately gave you a villain that you care about and is now getting his own damn show. Like, when does that happen? (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Like, what other villain is, are we going to be like, yeah, cool, show about him. (laughs) (laughs) You want the Ulysses Claw show, don't get me. (laughs) I I wouldn't (laughs) say no to it, but I definitely would like the, I would take a Killmonger one because, I I mean, you can probably, yeah. You can't tell. Never mind. You can't see it. You can tell. I can see it. Because and I was there when you it. bought I it. A, this is true. Yeah, I, I have a Killmonger uh, drawing poster kind of thing on my wall. I'm a, he's he's one of my favorite villains. Yeah. But so yeah, I would take a I'd take a Killmonger show. Yeah. A prequel show. With- a prequel or a or a you know hey, I was wrong about the way I was going at things. <laughs> I, I'm gonna be a good guy now. Gooder guy. <laughs> Not a super good, but, you know, still. He did survive the sword in the stomach, and now he's reformed. Yeah. He, he, yeah. <laughs> uh, Black Panther was like, oh, do you want to eat this? It'll help you heal. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Thanks, man. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Good fiber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a deleted scene. You'll see it later on. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much... The fight between Iron Man and Ironmonger is fantastic. And pulling the info of, you know, how'd you solve the icing problem? And Yeah, I was going to say, like, I like that scene where he kind of thought, like, okay, I, I can't just beat him by trying to punch him. Yeah. You know, where did I fail? And it was, I went too high and didn't know about the ice. So mm-hmm. I'm that's sure something, he also Yeah, didn't. he wouldn't have figured that out by now because he would have heard of a giant robot going up into the sky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And falling out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> killing thousands of people on impact. <laughs> yeah. So that is that. I I do like that he kind of went back on, on uh, you know, what did what did I learn, and how can I use this against you? Yeah. Yeah. Anything else on the fight before we do our last couple things here? Mm, not really. Fine. I mean, it was it was a decent fight. It was. It, it was wasn't a long. Quick. Which, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't on the long side, but I, I think it still worked out. It, I liked it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it breaks the mold of they have an initial fight and mm-hmm. then the hero regroups and then they have another <laughs> fight, but they've warmed a little bit more and then they have the final fight and they win. <laughs> like yeah. they really yeah. just fight once and he has to figure out on the fly how to, figure this out yeah and that's really <laughs> i mean even iron man 2 we fought with vanko at the racetrack true and he won but just barely and then yeah you know didn't fight him again until the end yeah all right good point thank you but no that's all i got about the fight it was it was i could have used some more of it yeah especially for as cool as the Ironmonger suit was it would have been nice to see yeah. it more yeah so, last thing I have before we go into some fun facts and Easter eggs is the fact that they went with no secret identities in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of changed with Spider-Man and you know a couple others here and there now. Right. But in the comics, and they make a joke about it in the, the movie, uh, Iron Man was supposedly Tony Stark's bodyguard. <laughs> yeah. And they completely did away with that and just said, I am Iron Man, deal with it. And that was a great ending. Yeah, 
and it, it it is that is the ending it just goes right into credits and i love it it's it's so cool just and it, it makes sense for him too he's just so cocky he wants that spotlight like no i am iron man not yeah. not i made iron man or someone else is doing i am iron man yeah well i mean even when he's talking with christine and kind of fumbles over himself you know he's like i don't want to insinuate that i'm some kind of superhero it's like where did you pull yeah. that from? I didn't say anything about yeah. you being a superhero. Yeah. Like, nobody said. I, I just that. didn't believe that it was a dude in a suit. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so freaking good. Uh, it is. It, I'm glad I rewatched it. Definitely. You know, I because I I I went back and remembered scenes and stuff like that. But it's the smaller stuff that just is fun to remember. Mm-hmm. Well, and watching it so yeah. many times, you know, you kind of look in the background and, you know, notice different things. I, yeah, I don't know like if I have a battery that says Die Hard. Yeah, right. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yes. So we can't talk about a Marvel movie without talking about the stinger. And this one has the classic quintessential stinger, tend all stingers. Yeah. The reason I saw this movie eight times in theaters was for this <laughs> scene right here. And it, what's funny is I had read Ultimates before watching the movie. And so I knew about the whole S.H.I.E.L.D. creating the Avengers thing. But I didn't really put together Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division being S.H.I.E.L.D. Right, right. And, and the idea of Sam Jackson having a cameo in the movie, which I had read online. <laughs> okay. I didn't for some dumb reason, put all of those pieces together until Coulson <laughs> said, just call us S.H.I.E.L.D. And then it clicked. Right? And then it clicked. And I went, oh my God, I cannot wait to see what happens at the end of this movie. <laughs> yeah, because even I, I, when I was watching it again, you know, and I heard him saying it and I'm like, you know, e- each letter spells S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, how could they not have thought of that already? You know, why would they keep going with a long name and it's because they wanted to slowly bring it in for people like you. Mm-hmm. Who are to too just dumb, think, okay, but smart sh- enough to get it at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so that when he, when he finally says it, you're like, <gasps> that's what it is the whole time. Mm-hmm. And just Samuel Jackson coming out and, you know, you think you're the only superhero in the world. I'm here to talk to yeah. you about the Avenger <laughs> initiative. And yeah. my brain exploded. Yeah. Like... It, we're getting more of this. Yeah. And, and they're all connected and coming together. It's what we always yeah. hoped and dreamed of watching these movies growing up. I mean, you and I grew up in the the Keaton, Kilmer, Batman era. Mm-hmm. And they'd make references to Superman and stuff. And you'd go, oh, man, wouldn't it be cool if one day they got together? But it never happened. Right. This was the first promise of there are more of these characters in other movies, and they're all going to come together. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. freaking <laughs> I, I, I was just thinking, when you said, you know, I, I, that's the reason I went back and watched it eight times. It's like, it, that would have been online already, and you could have just rewatched it eight yeah. times and saved so and much I did. money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I watched it online, too. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But, I, yeah. It, it, is, it is so cool. And... and and that was the beginning of these stingers that they, they're, what, every movie? Well, not every now, but for just about every movie, yeah, you knew I, there was there was something. 
Mm-hmm. They have, the they've, they've done one on every movie. And the cl- well, I think the only one mm. they didn't technically was Captain America: The First Avenger. But Endgame. Endgame. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Okay, fine. And Endgame. That that was the one I was thinking of. Mm. What about Infinity? Was there one in Infinity War? Yeah, it was uh, with Fury and um, Hill, and he pushes the pager. And that's that right. brings us Captain Marvel. That's right. All right, let's go into some fun facts and Easter eggs. You and I can trade off here, so I'm not just prattling on like before, uh, but I'll get us started. <laughs> All right. Uh, in order to build the general public's awareness of Iron Man and elevate him to the same level of popularity as Spider-Man or Hulk, Marvel conducted focus groups trying to find a way to remove the general perception that the character is a robot. The information Marvel received from the focus group was used to formulate an awareness-building plan, which included releasing three animated short films ahead of the film's release. The shorts were called Iron Man Advertorials, and were produced by Tim Miller and Blur Studios. I don't think I ever watched those. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know what those are. Okay. We're going to have Whew. to the first thing <laughs> that I don't know. Yeah, right? Like, okay, cuz yeah, I I never assumed he was a robot, so I was like, well, did did these focus groups work? Cuz <laughs> I didn't think it was just a robot. So, success yes, or what? Obviously. But I I guess they did, yeah. <laughs> that is interesting. That's a fun fact. Yeah. Thank you. I thought it was too. <laughs> All right. Uh, Agent Phil Coulson, played by Clark Gregg, was originally a much smaller part. Uh, in fact, the character at first was only called Agent. Uh, but as filming went on and Gregg's chemistry with all the other cast members became apparent, they added more and more scenes. Mm-hmm. And I like it. I, 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 I like Clark Gregg. He's he's a, a fun actor. Mm-hmm. And I like that he just kept butting people, and he was just so calm about it. Like, hi, yeah. I'm here to talk. We have a meeting. Yeah. I'd like to talk to you about this. Mm-hmm. He needs to be debriefed. <laughs> I'm so polite. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was fun. It was a fun character. Yeah. And as time went on, he got a little more edgy, and he got so popular, he got his own show even after he died. <laughs> like, he turned a cameo into a career. Yeah. yeah that sounds weird for anyone that doesn't, like know about it. I, I yeah. don't know who doesn't know about it nowadays but just yeah Spoilers. he died and he still got his own show yeah what <laughs> we'll get there it'll be a couple years yeah. but we'll get there <laughs> to avoid spoilers about the final press conference the extras were told that it was a dream sequence i think it's a good idea yeah yeah i mean it's not a huge deal if it leaked but mm-hmm. yeah uh, roughly 450 separate pieces make up the Iron Man suit. That's That's, that's big and clunky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, How many pieces make up the, uh, the, his new suit? I, nanotech. The Mark 30 something or other? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh 18 million and 53. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Paul Bentley recorded all of his lines as Jarvis in two hours. Impressive. Well, I mean, he has like we, I, 10 lines. Yeah, I was going to say, there's not a lot of lines, but still. Yeah. I mean, because you know how they are. They All right, let's do it again with a little more inflection. All right, let's do it again where you emphasize more on this word. Yeah. 
Uh, John Favreau, the director of this movie, celebrated getting the job as director by going on a diet and losing 70 pounds. And that was kind of like a motivation for him to be able to play happy. Nice. And he looks great. He does, yeah. I think he slims down even more as it goes, but yeah, I like it. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the last film special effects expert Stan Winston completed before his death. I mean, it's a great send-off, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> I mean, talk about ending on a high note. Yeah, seriously. Everything looks just so real. There's nothing really in there that I'm like, nah. Yeah. I don't believe that. Mm-mm. If anything, Except for the it... phone he uses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh... That's from terrible. Verizon. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right, some Easter eggs, special segment just for this, because it is a comic book movie. There are tons of fun Easter eggs and nods to different characters and, and comic books. Yeah. Um, Stan Lee can be seen outside uh, the charity ball dressed as Hugh Hefner. Tony Stark even calls him Hef as he walks past Stan and into the building. The yeah, first of many way. Stan Lee cameos in the MCU. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Tony Stark's computer system is called Jarvis, which stands for Just a Rather Very Intelligent System. Uh, This is a tribute to Edwin Jarvis, Howard Stark's butler. He was changed to an artificial intelligence to avoid comparisons to Bruce Wayne's butler, Alfred Pennyworth. Uh, In the limited comic Iron Man 2, Public Identity, the comic book prequel to Iron Man 2, uh, it is revealed that Tony named the computer system after him following his death. And Jarvis is play. I don't remember who plays him, but he actually shows up in Agent Carter as an actual character, and then he's in Endgame. Yes, with, same character, same actor. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I like that. Uh, James Rhodes all is huh? together. It's all just together. They're they're so good. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, James Rhodes' cell phone ringtone is the theme song to the animated Iron Man cartoon from 1966. I wasn't sure of that, but I knew it had to be because mm-hmm. it was too just, much of a tune. Yes. And they <laughs> focus on it for too long. Mm-hmm. And yeah. <laughs> uh, a 3D wireframe model of the War Machine armor can briefly be seen during the credits sequence before the full cast and crew list rolls. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I wish I would have known that before I watched it. I would have paid attention more. Now you got to watch it again. <laughs> uh, during the Ironmonger Iron Man fight scene in the third act of the film, there is a clear shot of the Roxxon logo on a warehouse in the background. In the comics, the Roxxon Corps is responsible for the deaths of Howard and Maria Stark, Tony's parents. So that answers that question. He was dead. <laughs> yes. And Roxxon <laughs> is brought back in Daredevil when they do the flashback oh. of uh, Matt and Foggy in their old firm, their meeting with Roxxon. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Uh, when Tony is flying through Los Angeles, there is a giant film poster featuring the mythical dragon Fin Fang Foom. Yeah. I didn't notice that one either. Mm-hmm. I have to go back and watch <laughs> it two more times. <laughs> uh, Christine Everhart, the reporter who confronts Tony early in the film, is a reporter for Vanity Fair. However, her comic book counterpart actually works for the Daily Bugle. But they couldn't use Daily Bugle, especially back then, because Spider-Man and Sony. Yeah. Fair enough. Bastards. (laughs) All right. uh, Last one we got here. Uh, During the scene where Pepper Potts is searching through a secret shipping manifest, 
drawn up for Obadiah Stain, the manifest features an outline of some weapons Stain is selling and shipping on the black market using a vessel dubbed the MSC Lebowski. And that's awesome. That is cool. I like I like that little nod mm-hmm. to to the dude, and mm-hmm. I w- I kind of yeah I I, I it just right now made me think that when he comes in and kind of catches Pepper, he's drinking I don't know some sort of bourbon scotch kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I wish he would have made himself a white Russian. <laughs> <laughs> would have been great. That would have been- <laughs> just stirred it with his finger and everything. <laughs> <laughs> just look at the camera, a little wink. And- Maybe that's too much, but I would have loved it. That would have been great. (laughs) All right. That is it for our coverage of the first Iron Man movie. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Absolutely. For first episode, Um, I'd say it was fairly glitch-free. Yeah. Jumped right back in and... and It's like we never We never stopped. I never did stop, so it's like you never stopped. (laughs) Yeah. I, I was just doing this by myself as I was going, just so I could, you know be ready for mm-hmm. this day no but i i am glad that we're doing this again i'm very excited to to keep going and we do thank you guys for listening um do you want to tell all the we'll back. kids at home what the next episode will be do you remember what your next episode's going to be i talked about it the other day yeah i think it's uh yeah i, I think it's coming to me now <laughs> I, was, I was drawing a big blanket first i'll tell you what uh we are going to rank our favorite phase one uh trailers yes that's the word mm-hmm. um so we we thought about doing all of the trailers but we're gonna we thought that'd be uh, too many they've yeah. made a lot of movies mm-hmm. um so we're just gonna focus on phase one and we'll kind of rank those and and so if you want to let us know what your favorites are reach out to us yeah i'm not sure how yet as far as the first say, episode, do we, have we don't any, have anything uh, set up yeah but by but, the time this drops everything will be set up uh, yeah so and... so There'll be links in the in the in the description description below. Yeah. Again, like you said, thank you for listening. Uh, this has been We Are Marvel, and I've been Justin. I've been Jeremy. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.